See there in verse 1 of chapter 16. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot and went in unto her. That means he did a no-no. Because he had developed some no-nos. Not, I should have said he should have. But he didn't listen and he did not obey. But now the key thing is this. You see there in verse 20 of chapter 15. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. So if he was about 20 years age when he started. 20 years has passed so he's maybe 40 something years old. I guess you could say this man was in his midlife crisis. That's when they say you're in your midlife crisis. When you go back and you don't think right, and you don't do right, and you're messing up your life. And first thing it says in verse 1, he saw another woman. Well, that's what happened over there in the other chapter, 14. He saw a woman. You see, he set and developed some patterns in his life, but they were wrong patterns. And because he got away with it, God didn't really beat him up because of the first one. Now he can go and have a whore and not be having to worry about that. He's going to get away with that. But see, the pattern was, God is a good God and a gracious God, and God gives a person time to correct a problem. But if you don't, he's going to let you get caught, and it's going to really cost you good. The third one did him in, and that was Delilah. So he had developed some no-nos in his life, things that he should not have done, but he did it anyway. He went to the wrong places. You see down there in verse 4, when it says in chapter 16, And he came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek. And that's a, a, a stronghold. And that's a border town. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's right on the edge. And there's a lot of people who just live on the edge. They, they don't play safe. They want to see how close they can play with sin and get away with it. Like, it won't get me. It won't get me. You got him. And so he says here, whose name was Delilah. And so you have here a, a story about this woman and how she was able, because of her beauty, she got her a man. And then sometimes that's all the woman goes, I got me a man. He got two legs, I'll take him. So she wasn't a spiritual woman, a godly individual. She was greedy. She was willing to sell him for a price, and she did. But um, he went to the wrong places, and he also, he met the wrong person. You see, if he hadn't have been there, that opportunity would not have prevailed. He, he would not have had that opportunity. See, when you don't do right and you don't think right, you're opening up your doors of opportunity to really mess up your life. You have to guard yourself all the time. And so it was a price that he didn't have to pay. But because of his rebellion, he paid a great price. So here we have, in chapter 16, it shows you his unbridled passion. He had a passion for the opposite sex, and it brought him down. It ruined this man. When you read the Bible, you'll be surprised how many so-called good men messed up their lives because... Hey, she's cute. Hey, listen, you may fall in love with that little dimple, but when you marry that dimple, you get the whole thing. They say, well, marriage is love is blind. Yes, but marriage is an eye-opener. And you'd be surprised that 
the price that some people pay instead of waiting. And anyway, as you go down through here and you see this, how could a man sow so much carnality and not reap a harvest? As you read about his life, you see all the wrong that he did, his decisions, the patterns that he set in his life that were wrong. And going to the wrong places, meeting the wrong people, and paying a price he didn't have to pay. But you see, God is a good God, and God will give you certain liberty to obey or even to disobey. And at times, when it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, when sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, there is when the heart of man the desire to do more because I got away with it. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And that becomes your trap. Because whenever you use certain things or sins to satisfy that burning passion desire, and then whenever it comes again, and it always comes again, you'll have a tendency to satisfy those same sexual desires the way you did the last time. And it gets easier and easier and easier. And next thing you know, you ruin your whole life. And it doesn't have to be that way. And so there is a price that you have to pay. Remember this. Samson believed about four lies, four major lies. You see, he thought because of who he was, the power that he had, you can't stop me. I, do you know who I am? Do you realize what I can do? You can't stop me. And he also thought, you can't catch me. Did you realize this guy was able to go out and catch 300 foxes? Have you ever tried to catch one fox? I tried to shoot a fox. I'm glad I didn't because I, I'd have probably been put under the jail. But I couldn't even hit one. I mean, that thing was running all over the place. You thought there was a war in Vietnam. <laughs> and they don't hold still. And this man was able to catch 300 foxes. And he tied their tails together and he put a stalk between them and set it on fire and sent them into the cornfields so that it would burn up all their harvest. Set everything on fire. The man was fast, buddy. You can't catch me. You can't stop me. So do you see that there could be an element of pride in this thing? Just a little bit. He says, you can't harm me. They'd try to tie him up and he could just snap him like that. Walk off with the gates of the city. I mean, the guy was one strong individual. He was as strong as God wanted him to be. He could do whatever God wanted him to do. He could do it. And so he also felt under another lie. God, God won't touch me. God won't judge me. Because I did this and I got away with it. I did this and I got away with it. I can get away with it. Do you think it's possible he could have believed the lie? Do you know what people do to themselves? They deceive themselves. They lie to themselves and then believe the lie. Satan will lie to you. He'll tell you that God won't do this and God won't do that and God doesn't love you and this won't work. And next thing you know, you're living in total fear and you have put a, a prison of rocks all around yourself. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Next thing you, know, you built a prison for yourself to live inside of. 
I don't like all those I can's, I can't, I can't. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can. And live like a free man because you and God make a majority and you and God, you can do more than you ever dreamed of. So as you go down through here, I want you to notice that Delilah was trying to find out where is his strength coming from? Because some people wanted to know and they were willing to pay for this knowledge. So he says, if I am bound by some ropes that's never been used, and she'd tie them all up, and then she'd say, the Philistines are upon you, and he'd break all those things, you know. I could try that with some wet noodles or nonsense if I could break those. And you have the various tests that she would do. And then she got to cry, you know how a woman has to put the tears in her eye, and she's all emotional, you don't love me. And uh, he says, if you do this, I'll become weak. Look up there in the last part of verse 17, where it says, And if I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. He knew he was not like any other man. He knew he was different. But he says, I've been a Nazarite. And therefore, a razor has never come upon his head. So he takes a nap with his head in Delilah's lap. And lo and behold, she shaved him, cut off his hair. And then she says, the Philistines be upon you. And he says, I will just shake them off like I did before. See that in verse 20? And she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out at other times as before. It's going to be just like old time. I'm going to have victory just like I did before. But it didn't work that way. He didn't have victory this time. And he says in verse 20, And he wist not that the Lord had departed from him. He didn't know. His strength was in the Lord. And God had honored the vow of the Nazarite vow. But now his hair was cut. The vow was broken. The Lord left him. And because he didn't have the Lord, he didn't have the strength. And they got him. And I preached a sermon one time on the binding, the blinding, and the grinding. Don't that make a good three-point outline? Don't you like that, Bob? That's a good outline. I think every preacher has preached that sermon. But you've got to realize, he bound himself. He brought this upon him. It didn't have to be this way. This is not all that God planned for him. But God can use anything. God can use your rebellion in order to whoop you and use you as an example. God wants us, he says, be thou an example of the believer in word and deed and attitude and all these things. God tells us what he does want. But if you choose to rebel, God can use you as an example, all right. Have you ever had, especially whenever I was in school, I'd had the teacher tell me, he said, I'm going to make an example out of you. Oh, I don't think I like that. I'm going to make an example. I don't want to be an example. And buddy, then it'd have to kill me. So I got a lot of, a lot of spankings. Uh, that was back in the days when the teachers didn't mind bruising you a little bit, putting a few whelps on you. I mean, they picked me clean up off the floor. I mean, my backside was so burning red, I couldn't sit down. It sting, it burned, it hurt. I mean, I cried. I was a teenager, too. And buddy, they take me down to the boiler room, says, drop them. Ooh. 
And then as they bend over, and they take that paddle with both hands on it and come through as hard as they can and come up and lift you clean up off the floor. You say, they'd ever do that. Yes, they did. They beat my sisters, both of them, with rubber hoses. They come home with whelps on their body. Now today, I think they would probably go to jail. But most of us probably were raised by parents that would today be guilty of child abuse. Well, anyway, we'll move right along. So there was um, something to understand about all this here that was going on. He wished not that the Lord had departed from him. So in verse 21, the Philistines took him, put out his eyes. Look at that. Did he have problem with his eyes? He had problem with his eyes. Every time he turned around, he was looking at the women. Okay. Should that serve as a warning? What about girls looking at boys? Hmm. 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 You can get in trouble too. Be wise. Be careful. God tells us in advance, and it can happen. And you can fall very quickly. And then he says, they put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. Now he doesn't have the Holy Spirit on him. He did not know the Lord had departed, but now he does. And they bound him with fetters of brass and he did grind. So he was the blinding, the grinding, and the, uh, the binding. All these things happened to him and he ground in the prison house. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after it was shaven. I wonder why it would say that. I think something's up. His hair begins to grow. And so God's honor. That is what David and Goliath was all about. God's honor. And you don't give God's enemies an opportunity to blaspheme God's name. And this is what a lot of times we do. We give the enemy an opportunity to blaspheme the Lord. Before we tell you what happened to the ending of this wonderful story, the Philistines, the Philistines, made four major mistakes. They made a couple mistakes. You see, they did not understand the judgment of God. They don't understand how God works. But you're not supposed to. They thought they captured Samson. It was God that turned Samson over to them. Because if God didn't want it to happen, it would not have happened. God didn't have to read. He knew what was going to happen when he left Samson. Okay, Samson, you don't want to do what I want you to do? Let's see how good you are on your own, you prideful individual. You got problem with your eyes, so they're going to take out your eyes. And you wanted your freedom? You wouldn't obey me? That's how you lose your freedom. There is liberty in the spirit. When you do what God says do, there is liberty. And when you don't, you become trapped and enslaved and chained by sin itself. So you're going to find out what it's all like. And so you wouldn't use your time right, so I might as well take your time away. So now you're bound in a prison house, and uh, things weren't looking too good for Samson. But you see, the enemy, they don't understand how God works. 
You see, they don't understand that God can still reach down and take this Samson that's totally defeated, humiliated, shamed, and God can forgive him. God can do that. And God does do that. And also, they did not understand that, you know, they were worshiping false gods. Did you know when you worship a false god and your god isn't God, you have to believe in fatalism? Because your god, your god can't see. And your god can't hear. And your god can't move. So whatever will be, will be. Because you see, your god can't do anything. So it's going to be whatever will be, will be. Because your God can't change anything. But the God of Israel, Jehovah, he's real. And he is God. So what do you have? You have Samson begins to pray and talk to the Lord. He says, Lord, one more time. One more time. And there's a God that can answer. But you see, they worshiped the false God. They didn't understand the courage of Samson. You see, he was a judge of Israel. And Samson had courage. You know, he knew that he was blind. He couldn't see. He knew at one time what it was like to have the power of God in his life. And now to be stripped of everything. And so Samson says, Lord, just one more time. His hair began to grow. And the Bible says that they wanted to have a little sporting going on and a little mockery. And I guess God looks down in grace and says, I, uh, I'm going to show a little mercy upon this boy. And so as time goes on, they didn't understand the power of prayer. Because, you see, Samson had a God that could answer prayer. I believe Samson was broken there at the end. I think he didn't learn a great lesson. But isn't it a shame you have to learn too late when you've ruined your life? And it didn't have to be that way. Did he have to be blinded because he couldn't control his eyesight? He didn't use the power of God in his life the way he should, so God takes away all of his power. He couldn't use his freedom the way he wants, so he lost his freedom. So much that didn't have to be that way, but... He developed some wrong standards in his life and didn't do right. So look what he says up here in verse 28. Samson called unto the Lord and said, this is in chapter 16. He says, O God, remember me, I pray thee. Strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was borne up of the one with his right hand and the other with his left. And Samson says, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him. And he judged Israel for 20 years. 
It didn't have to end this way, but God says, I'm going to raise up a deliverer. But wouldn't it have been great if he'd have just done it right, put God first? But some people don't always do that with the Lord. We got some hard lessons to learn. But remember this. Did he have the potential of doing some great things? And even though he may go down in history as the strongest man that ever lived, he misused his strength. When you talk about Solomon, Solomon was the wisest man in the world. You would think, with all that wisdom, he would have done right. But did he do right? With all that wisdom, he used it to learn everything that was knowable. Try everything that was triable. Well, he wasn't satisfied with one wife. He had a thousand wives. Now, don't say that's why he was so wise. That is not true. That is not true. He said he had all those counselors. No, that's not. He messed up. And God, because of his sin, split the kingdom after him. Do they get away with it? You don't get away with it. And just because maybe this is to help us to realize, you know, as a warning. Does God know what's going on in each one of our lives? Or you that are watching by internet. God knows. And does God see and know that you're messing up and you're making some wrong decisions? And if you fail to correct the problem, is it possible that God could lower the boom on you? But because you got away with it, you think you can do it again and again and again and keep getting away with it. And then you wonder, why didn't I wake up in time? Why didn't I see this? And you're going to ruin your life. And it doesn't have to be that way. Anyway, hope you enjoyed a little bit of the book of Judges. But look up here now. This hand represents you and me. And this wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. Now God says that he loves us. Now he hates what we do wrong. But he loves us. He hates our sin. And the Bible says all of us have sinned. But God still loves us. But the wages of sin, to pay for the sin, is eternal separation from God. Did you know that people can reject the Lord and reject the Lord and reject the Lord? And one of these days, they plan on getting saved. Down the road, I plan on doing it. Now, nah, I will, I will, I will, I will. And the road to hell is paved with good intentions. They're always intent, and they never do. They think they're going to be in their clear mind, and next thing you know, they got Alzheimer's. They don't even know who they are and where they are. And they, 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 they blew it. They wait too long. So it's better to make a, the right decision while you can still make the right decision about where you're going to spend eternity. See, God has already predetermined for the foundation of the world before we were born, before we did good or bad, that he will save everybody that will trust him. God loves us. Hates our sin. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. To go to heaven, you have to be perfect. Because heaven is perfect. And God is perfect. So to live with God, you have to be perfect. The only way anything can be forever is it has to be perfect. If it's not perfect, it can't last forever. And that's why we needed to save you. God says you cannot save yourself. Your good works will never get you to heaven. Your good works don't pay for sin. This church can't pay for your sins. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because our sin separates us from the Lord. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. He took our sins, paid for them on the cross, came back from the dead, said if we would believe 
that he did that for us. And that means right where you're sitting, right where you are, if you'll believe that what Christ did on the cross was for you, he puts that payment that he made for your sins to your account. And you get to go to heaven because, you see, you don't have any sins to pay for. In God's eyes, you're perfect. Why? Because all your sins have been paid. You don't have a sin debt anymore. I don't have any sins to pay for. He paid for my sins. And that's why I'm going to heaven. Not because I'm good, but because he made me perfect. He made me good enough to go. He gave me his righteousness. And therefore, I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did. And he came back from the dead and says, if I would believe it, he would give me eternal life. And I'll be with the Lord for all eternity. And nothing can ever separate me from the love of God. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as Savior, or if you're watching by internet, would you right now just say something simple like this? Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that when Christ died, I believe he died for me. And right now, I'm going to trust him as my only hope of going to heaven. And friend, if you will trust him, he will save you. He'll give you eternal life. I pray that you will. I hope that what I've said has made it clear enough for you to understand. None of us are good enough to go to heaven. But God is good enough to save everyone who will trust him. I pray that you'll do that. So in the quietness of this moment, just between you and the Lord, say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on that cross, paid for my sins. Tonight I will trust you as my Savior. I believe you died for me. And friend, if you'll make that decision, I'd like to know. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. You say, preacher, that made sense. I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down as anyone at all? I pray that it makes sense to you. If you're watching by internet, right there on the screen, there's a little statement that says, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. I pray that you will. Would you let us know? We won't know who you are, but we'll know that somebody trusts the Lord. We want to be a blessing to you. And also, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, remember P-R-I-D-E, pride. Pride can destroy any man or any woman because we think we're so good and God loves us so much, he wouldn't dare chasten me. He wouldn't let anything bad happen to me. And whenever you play the fool, there is consequences. God is gracious, yes, he's merciful, but God is just, and he will chasten and discipline. I pray that you'll do right. If there's something that you need to take care of between you and the Lord, do that. Don't put it off. Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. We thank you so much for the study of your word. We ask your blessings upon each person here and those that are watching by internet. We pray that people will hear and understand, trust you as Savior, and that your people your children that already know your Savior would realize the importance of putting you first and serving you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.